0: Welcome to our breakout session on social media. Hello, Um, I am Flannery Winchester, CCL's Senior Director of Communications, and uh, I'm your captain for All Things X, the platform formerly known as Twitter. And in today's breakout, you will also hear from Nick Huey, CCL's creative consultant. We've dubbed him the king of responding to aggressive Facebook comments, which he'll talk about a little bit later. And third, you'll also hear from volunteer Emily O'Keefe, founder of the Carbon Fee and Dividend Movement and their steadily growing Instagram account, and she's the main pain. So in today's session, first, we're gonna make sure that we have a shared understanding of the value of social media in the first place. Then we'll talk through how to use it in positive, effective ways in the course of your climate advocacy. Nick will share some of CCL's own social learning, so you'll understand what we actually do on our platforms and what's working there. Then we'll hear Emily's social media success story, and we'll have time for Q&A. All right, the value of social media in our climate work. So check out this graphic. This is based on data from a study published in the scientific journal Nature, which found that Americans really underestimate other people's support for climate change policies. Over two thirds of us support major climate action, but we assume that only one third of us do. So that's a pretty huge gap. We're underestimating support for climate action by half. So that means that so many people are walking around worried about climate change and supporting solutions, but thinking that they're alone. It's just not it's not reality. Um, But that gap is still there. So one reason that gap exists is because people don't talk about or hear about climate change and climate solutions nearly enough. Um, And so a really critical piece of your work as a climate advocate is to talk about the climate issue. Talk about why you care. Talk about the solutions that are out there right now. And what is social media? It's a place to talk about stuff. Uh, When you have those climate communities, conversations in the public square of social media, that's going to help change people's perception of the level of support for climate action. It shows your friends, your family, your followers, that there's way more support than they might've realized. And that frees them up to join the conversation themselves. And all of that helps build political will for action. Climate communicator, Dr. Katherine Hayhoe, who is on CCL's advisory board, talks about this all the time. She says, the most important thing you can do about climate change is to talk about it. So that study and this statistic um, really reinforce how true that is and therefore how valuable social media can be as a tool to have those talks. So how can we make sure we're getting all that value out of social media and using it in a positive, effective way? Well, if you're using social media as an individual, like most of us are, here are our top recommendations. So first... You can use it to educate your own network with CCL posts or links to ways that people can take climate action. This can be really powerful for folks in your network because people are much more likely to pay attention to information they get from someone that they know. So you wanna make these posts personal when you can, add in your perspective and try to post things consistently to kind of keep up a drumbeat. And in Nick's portion of the presentation, he's gonna dive deeper into effective tone and angles you can take for posts to your network. Another recommendation is to follow people or other organizations who inspire you. This will help you stay motivated uh, to keep up your advocacy work, and it also might give you some ideas about the types of posts that you could make or conversations you could be having on your own profile based on what you're seeing work well for others. So Emily will touch on this a bit in her portion of the presentation as well. And finally, our third recommendation for using social media positively and effectively is to use it as an avenue to engage with members of Congress. So I'm going to spend some time on this third way to use social media because this is something that we've really seen pay off in terms of building relationships and moving our lawmakers forward on climate. So engaging with members of Congress starts with following their accounts. Uh, this lets you see what they're posting about, and you can respond when appropriate. So when you see them post about something climate-related or that could be climate-related, that's an opportunity to engage with a comment. Now, the comment section of your lawmakers' social posts can get a little messy. It's a, it is a public forum for people to express their thoughts, and those thoughts are often negative. Um, but what that means for us is that it's actually fairly easy to cut through the noise by leaving positive comments. So a simple note expressing gratitude to a member of Congress for maybe co-sponsoring a climate bill um, or even something simple like holding a town hall or visiting students at a local school, that really stands out. And it's also a way to bring CCL's core values to life, right? Gratitude, appreciation, respect. this is a way to um, to put that into action. So the example here on the slide is a great. A great example of that. This is a volunteer appreciating representative Salud Carbajal for introducing the Energy Innovation and Carbon Dividend Act. Um, Another way to stand out is to leave a substantive comment or to even make your own meaningful post. So let's say you spent the weekend tabling for CCL and talking to folks in your community about climate change. Or maybe you got a letter to the editor published and you wrote about local climate impacts. You could make your own posts on social media about that and tag your member of Congress so they get a notification and we'll see what's going on in their district or state related to climate. Uh, so look for opportunities to make those types of meaningful posts and that's going to really help you stand out from the crowd. So... Why do this? Uh, well, in addition to having that public conversation about climate that we talked about in the beginning, which is so vital, we also know that members of Congress have a staffer in charge of social media. That staffer is checking comments and reporting back to their boss. even if they may not respond to you directly, they're seeing they're seeing all this interaction. And according to the Congressional Management Foundation, Eighty percent of congressional staffers said fewer than 30 comments, something like just 10 comments on a similar topic. That's enough for an office to pay attention. So your comments and your posts not only make an impact on your friends, your family, your followers, but they also are making an impact on our lawmakers. One thing just to keep in mind with that is that we should be judicious with this information. Um, Try not to spam your member of Congress with the same comments and the same posts over and over um, because that would be counterproductive. Um, Now I do want to share just a few examples of how this approach of meaningful engagement has strengthened our relationships and led to even more social media conversation about climate. Uh, and some great interactions with lawmakers. So this slide is showing a tweet that I posted about a carbon pricing bill from several Democratic senators during the last Congress. And so in this tweet I was cheering the introduction of that bill and Senator Brian Schatz retweeted it. And here are two uh, posts from two representatives posting on their own uh, their own accounts about CCL lobby meetings. so Representative Mike Levin here says, "Great to meet with my friends at Citizens Climate about how we can combat climate change and transition to a clean energy economy. So they're going out of their way to uh, make those posts. And here we see a similar post from another representative, Derek Kilmer, and another one actually from a Republican senator who, if y'all were in Ben and Jen's session earlier this is this is Kevin Kramer um so uh, these types of mentions, they just they further elevate our climate advocacy work. They solidify relationships with the congressional offices that you work with, um, and all of this becomes possible when you uh, set the right tone with the way that you yourself use social media. Um, so one quick note: we have been talking about using social media as an individual. But some CCL chapters have their own social media accounts that represent the whole chapter and they post about the chapter's activities. So one volunteer usually, or a small group of volunteers are in charge of running a chapter account. And really uh, as a CCL chapter, you can think about using social media for climate advocacy in much the same way you could use it as an individual. The major difference is that once you set it up, it's a channel that ideally needs to be maintained regularly. So that may not be ideal for smaller chapters who have limited bandwidth. Um, And if that's the case for you, you could stick to using social media uh, as an individual until you're sure that your chapter has the capacity to maintain a chapter presence. Um, But essentially, you're going to do the same things. Educate your network, follow other inspiring people or pages. You might even start to be an inspiration for others. Um, As a chapter account, you have even more opportunity to showcase chapter activities, talk about local climate impacts, share news of your member of Congress's own climate actions, things like that. So where an individual might slowly grow their friends and followers on social media, a chapter account might grow a bit faster and could even become a source of recruitment uh, for new volunteers. So Emily's section of the presentation will talk about her, her experience of growing an account and how she made all that happen. Um, and of course, engaging with members of Congress. So you might have even more success getting engagement back from a member of Congress if you're interacting through a chapter account, um, simply because it lends an additional air of credibility. And uh, usually chapter accounts are public versus a more private individual account. Um, so those are just some things uh, some things to consider. Um, but those generally are our top Tips for um, how to use social media, as we said, positively and effectively in the course of your uh, of your advocacy work. And so now I'm going to hand it over to Nick Huey, CCL's creative consultant, to get a little more into the nitty gritty of what's working for us in terms of tone on social media.
1: Um, so good to meet you all. Uh, my name is Nick Huey. As Flannery mentioned, I am a creative consultant with CCL. Um, I like to give an introduction to myself so that people know who they're talking to because I'm not famous. No matter how much I want to be I'm not so I'd like to introduce myself to you guys I am just your friendly neighborhood Republican climate activist, one of the one of the proud um, this is me last fourth of July proving that I'm a Republican uh, my hair will never look this glorious again I'm afraid um, but my mother and I are on speaking terms again now that I've cut my hair so that's really really great this is me back when I was a hippie uh, Republican hippie of all things Um, This is my family from left to right. That's my daughter, Paxton. She's the oldest. Um, Our daughter, Olivia. She is the youngest. Myself, my wife, Adley, and my son, Beckham. And this is the reason why I do what I do. This is why I care so much about climate and why I throw myself into the work. Um, I did run for Congress in 2022 uh, against a Republican. I really wanted to get, I didn't win. I didn't think that I would. Um, But I did want to get climate into the public discussion, um, and I had a very collaborative approach to that. Um, The way that I got into climate action was uh, actually through a campaign that I did uh, while I was in college. Um, I invited two rival schools, BYU and Utah, to team up on climate change to show Democrats and Republicans that you can team up. And on the left there, that's me um, testifying in front of the Senate about climate action. So that really kick-started my climate activism back then. Um, since in those days I was volunteering with CCL and I knew that someday I wanted to consult with them as well. Um, so as part of running for Congress, I got to get really active on TikTok as that was kind of coming into its own. I am a loyal little following, um, about 10,000 followers. It used to be more, it's been less lately. Um, and my greatest hits are this, this, the, the, the video that put me on the map and got me a lot of new followers was a video showing my logo to folks and showing them how they could run for Congress and create their own logo. Um, Then I did another video about five things that I love about both parties because I was trying to show that you can get along Democrats and Republicans. Um, And then I have one video that also went semi-viral that was how to offend all of America in one sentence. And I won't say the sentence here because I don't want to offend everyone, um, but you're free to look it up if you want to. So. Um, as a creative consultant, I've gotten to work with CCL over the past while on uh, their social media accounts, and it's been really, really fun to kind of explore our brand and how it is that we interact with our followers. Um, and when I first got on, you know, we, were, we, we began to try some new things. Um, we stubbed, stubbed our toes a few times or hit our nose against some walls, and that'll happen to you as you are in social media. But we learned a lot of really, really cool things as we interacted with our following. So one of the first things that we learned was that we have an audience and it's actually a pretty broad audience of people that care about climate um, and they want it to be talked about more. They want Republicans and Democrats to work together on climate change um, and they are sick of the climate being politicized. So that was pretty cool. Um, The folks that we target are those that want climate communication that is fact-based, hopeful and human right? Something that they can relate to, something that doesn't leave them feeling in despair um, and something that's grounded in facts and solutions. So we realized very early on that these are the people we need to connect with. And we began to develop a brand tone that would act as kind of a bat signal to these people on social media, right? So they could see that we are what they're looking for and we're actually going to help them as they in their own lives as they continue to combat climate change and be climate activists, that we are gonna give them that kind of communication. So here is what our brand tone has become over the past uh, few years. Um, First of all, we embrace the fact that we are a little bit nerdy. There's nothing wrong with that. We make the numbers behind climate change understandable and accessible to all. Uh, If you have some new stats about a carbon border adjustment, we're actually gonna dive into that. You're wondering about the efficacy of uh, carbon fee and dividend versus, um, versus healthy forests versus, uh, versus some other policy, uh, we're going to dive into those numbers. We'll put plot them on a graph, and we'll show you exactly what those numbers look like. We get excited about the numbers. Um, the other thing is that we're actually a really wholesome climate. Uh, our tone is very wholesome, right? In this space, there it can be easy to be overwhelmed in feelings of despair, um, but we project warmth, hope, and welcome to existing and prospective CCL supporters, right? We want you to leave our communications feeling uplifted, not downtrodden. Um, we are also a little self-deprecating in a space that sometimes can be very, very serious. Um, we like to keep it light in some ways just so that we can keep our heads above water, right? We're serious about climate action but we don't take ourselves too seriously. People don't wanna interact with us if we're taking ourselves too seriously, so we don't. We meet them where they're at. And we are open about our quirks and say, Hey, you want to work together? Let's do it. Um, last thing is that we are human by using a friendly approachable tone. We can better connect with our followers, right? Uh, nobody wants to talk to a brand. No one wants to talk to a business or an organization or even a nonprofit. They want to talk to a person that is connecting with them. That's recognizing who they are. So it's very important to us that we treat them as the humans that they see us Uh, We treat them as the humans that are behind this organization because it is a very warm and human movement, um, and we want to make sure they they understand that. So, great. We've got the tone. Um, Now I want to walk you through how we brought that tone to life because it's very easy to write this down in a few slides. It's a little bit more difficult to bring it to life. Um, And it was interesting because there were times when we brought it to life and our followers would let us know, hey, this is off tone which is a great sign that our followers know who we are and we are able to listen to that and really keep on crafting our content to kind of fit it. So we, we feel like we've done that with the following. Um, so the top types of content are really, if you're funny, people like hearing it, they they're, they're more interested. Uh, if you are bringing new information or bringing information in a new and interesting way to people, they get really excited. All sorts of accounts do very well with that. Um, when we were hopeful in our posting, people got excited about that because it was different than what they'd seen before. It was a relief. Um, And then when you are timely or relevant, uh, you also do very, very well because people, you're tapping into the current conversations of the day. We'll get more into into each of these. Um, So first of all, a humorous post that we put up was very relatable, right? You want your post to be as relatable as possible, but it was that feeling when something happens in the world, right, that shows that climate change is real, and you just have to not say, I told you so. We've all been there with, you know, the uncle at Thanksgiving, or with the friend at work, or the coworker, or something like that, where, you know, there's a, there's a record hurricanes, or the entire planet has been warming consistently over the past three years, and we're having another record-breaking month for the third month in a row, and it's really hard not to say, I told you so. But we realized that that doesn't make friends, that that doesn't build bridges. And so we hold it in and our veins pop out of our head and we almost explode, but somehow we don't, right? This was giving voice to that feeling for every climate activist who has been a part of CCL's work. And it performed really well. People really interacted and responded positively with it. An informational post that we did, this is actually a combination of the next two, but I, I, bu- I put it under the informational bucket. Um, was a really interesting fact. And that is that 98% of people who don't think that it's too late to do something about climate change, looking at the news, um, you wouldn't exactly assume that. And so we put that statistic out there and said, Hey, listen, you are not alone. There are a lot of people like you who believe we can still do stuff about climate change. We're part of the 98%. And so people looked at that stat, they loved it. They shared it. They commented, um, and it wound up doing really well on the platform, which is really fun to see. We were really starting to come into our stride. Um, Like that past post, this one was also very hopeful. We put this out on Earth Day um, and we just said, spoiler alert, we do save it in the end because we truly believe that. We believe that we are going to save the climate. that It's going to stabilize. How quickly is up to us, but we are gonna save it in the end. And people responded very positively to that as well. it gives you a reason to interact. It gives you a reason to keep trying. Um, and we, we found that it's very good when we're able to use our voice in that way. Timely and relevant. So this, I mean, this is how you can really, really grow quickly um, for, for you in, in, your, in your efforts on social media. So if you're able to tap into the existing social conversation, that is what people share the most. Um, and that is what people care about the most. They are, if you're able to find an authentic way to interact with the news of the day in a way people haven't thought of, you can go mega viral, right? So um, this was a post that we put up. You guys, everybody remembers the the Canada wildfires, they're tragic, sent smoke all over the country. Um, and New York was getting all, I mean, not just national headlines, it was international global headlines were showing what New York looked like in this apocalyptic kind of scape, right? Um, So we posted a picture of the New York City skyline and said, what's the difference between this and this, right? So what's the difference between this smoggy skyline and this clear one? Well, it's actually lobbying, right? Lobbying for healthy forests, lobbying for our climate um, can help to solve this issue. So it was something we were able to authentically talk about. um, And it was something that a lot of people then shared and were able to talk about in the comments. Um, You can, yeah, you can look that up on on our social and you'll see a really healthy debate kind of start there. So if you put yourself out there on social media, the haters will come. That's just how it works. So what do we do? Well, you, usually you pick up your desk and you throw it over and then you clean it all up and, and take care of yourself. Okay, maybe you don't do that. Uh, what you actually want to do is stick to your tone. You are going to figure out what your tone is and it's probably going to be different than CCLs. Um, but you have a presence online that is authentic to who you are and who you want to portray yourself as. So stick to it, right? Don't let other people... Control your narrative. So, for example, this was under one post somebody thought that we were taking money and giving it to all of our rich buddies. And we thought that was an interesting comment because we aren't doing that. And so instead of getting mad, we just responded with a gif. We said, Who us? Because that has nothing to do with what we do. Um, they actually just stopped responding at that point and left. And we've never heard from the, them again. We didn't have to block them, we didn't get mad at them. Um, truly, they just then. We just maneuvered around it um another w- comment that we got uh was from a woman who didn't like our posts or our you know just environmentalist groups in general and she said i'm all for conversation but if you belong to a group that is too stupid to create reservoirs of water to be prepared for times of drought because it might affect an obscure beetle count me out and we could have said well listen you're crazy and that was a run-on sentence and you should have put a sen- put a period in there somewhere but we didn't we just said and if we don't belong to a group like that count you in and the exciting part here was we got a heart, right? So uh, our efforts work and it was the heart was from her and she could be in this call, who knows? Um, but that was very, very fun. So we encourage you guys as you go out there to figure out what your tone is and then to develop it. Um, we've had a lot of fun doing so and you will too. Now I'm gonna hop off the slide presentation and give it over to Emily for her portion and I will turn it back to you, Flannery.
0: All right, thank you, Nick. That's why you're the king of responding to the comments and long may you reign. You're so good at it. Um, Thank you for walking us through all of those learnings um, from CCL's accounts. Um, And just a reminder, if anybody has questions, you can be putting those in the Zoom Q&A feature and we will take some questions at the end. And now uh, for a volunteer success story. So I am pleased to pass things off to our next speaker, Emily O'Keefe. Nick, it looks like you might still actually be sharing. Okay, Emily, we'll pull it here in just a minute. So Emily here on the screen now is a a student at William & Mary in Virginia, where she launched the Carbon Fee & Dividend account on Instagram, and it has taken on a life of its own. Emily is going to share a bit about how she started the Carbon Fee & Dividend movement and used social media to spread the word first on her campus and then across the country. So Emily, take it away.
2: Awesome, thank you for the introduction plenary, and I'll share my screen right now. I'm so happy to be here to share about the carbon fee and dividend movement which started last semester at William & Mary and a quick backstory for how the movement got started. So two years ago, I was really worried about climate change and I read this radical environmentalist book that made me really way more worried. It made me think maybe the root cause is capitalism and maybe we need to overhaul capitalism. And then I was thinking, how do we overhaul capitalism? That seems really hard to do. Um, and I it just made me feel extremely existential. And so I took a gap year from school to through hike the Appalachian Trail from Georgia to Maine as almost a kind of escape from society. And when I finished the trail, it was was really wonderful just not thinking about climate change the whole time. But then when I got back, I realized, okay. I have to deal with climate change again. This is something that I'm going to have to deal with the rest of my life, and I just can't escape it. So I wanted to try to do something big. And in thinking about what big thing could be done, I wasn't quite sure. But luckily, my friend Philip, who was the campus chapter leader at William & Mary, and he's on this call right now. Hi, Philip. Uh, he introduced me to the carbon fee and dividend and showed me Enroads, the global climate simulator that shows just how powerful it is. And there was that aha moment of, oh, if this is the most effective thing we can do about climate change, then there should be a student-led movement for it because we have this energy and we're bold and we can like scream things from the rooftop and build momentum. And, and so thus the carbon fee and dividend movement was born. And the idea behind the movement is for students to make signs that say most effective climate policy, hashtag carbon fee and dividend, CCLUSA.org slash bright congress, which links to an already formatted letter to Congress. And then for students to just start putting these signs everywhere, like on their dorm doors, on their computers. And it's just super passive and easy so that anyone who cares about climate change can join in and it can sustain over time. And the vision is for a snowball effect to happen where one student with a sign may lead to more students with signs and then entire campuses might start joining in. And then when millions of students across America are all visibly advocating for a carbon fee and dividend and contacting their representative, then Congress will finally pass it. Or it's now this spotlight policy where people vote for Congress members who will pass it. And it's amazing. We saw this. So this was day one of the movement, just meeting lunch at a dining hall. And this was about a week into the movement. And in just one semester, we saw tremendous support grow for a carbon fee and dividend at William & Mary. And it's so exciting. Now we are seeing the movement spread across the nation as well. Uh, and we did a lot of physical outreach, so we did flyers everywhere, we did stickers and we presentations and chalk, but one of the most important things was our social media and specifically our Instagram. And how did we get started on Instagram so from the start we realized you know if we are going to be a national student led movement we're going to need strong social media. Uh, Our audience is Gen Z, and social media is a place where they learn a lot of information and amplify information. And also, because we're a collective action movement, we wanted social proof. Like people are much more likely to join a movement if they see a bunch of other students joining as well. And also, there's this thing in marketing called touch points. um, And it's where, for example, if you have one flyer, for a carbon fee and dividend and somebody sees it, they might just ignore it. And But if they see the same flyer a second time, then they'd be like, oh, okay, I saw that one time before. And then if they see it a third time, then they'll maybe actually check it out. And so if somebody ends up following you on social media, that's like signing up for like infinite touch points until um, indefinitely. And so that is really powerful. And I've also had previous social media experience that made me feel confident that we could build this on social media, and that this is. Um and this isn't, of course, necessary to like start from scratch, but it was helpful to know in building this. And so, in high school, I had a confession account where people would DM me confessions and then I would post the confessions and it grew really large. It grew to over 100,000 followers. And so it's funny. The Of course, an account like that is going to grow. A juicy confession account is going to grow much faster than a very... Um, niche economic policy, but we can get there. And I'm really proud to say that we have um, over 3,100 followers now, and it's continuing to grow. But if anyone wants to share any juicy carbon fee and dividend confessions, maybe you should do that. <laughs> um. And so what have we learned? Definitely echoing on making it as human as possible. Our posts that do the best are the posts that show really genuine human emotion, like excitement like big news, the carbon fee and dividends being reintroduced, or, you know, shut up, I'm manifesting the most effective climate policy, or with really personal captions, or people in action, photos of people in action. And I think what is great about taking photos of people is it's this content does so well, and it's really easy to create, all you have to do is just remember to take the photo and be courageous enough to ask to take it um, and so definitely encourage that kind of content and observing similar accounts this has been really helpful for us as we were growing and learning how to post as a a a movement we were looking at all these similar accounts like CCL's national account or other social climate social climate movements and um, and we just kind of started mimicking them and that was one of the best ways that we've learned and following engaged accounts in your niche. So if you're a CCL chapter in New York, for example, and you go to an account, that's another Climate New York uh, account. And if you look who's engaging with the post, like if you see who's liking the post, if you follow these people, that can be a really powerful tool in getting them to take a close look at your account. I think it's even more powerful than just liking or engaging. Sometimes like actually following can be really impactful in getting them to engage back. And one thing that took me a while to learn is that social media is just one tool out of many. At the beginning of the movement, I thought social media would be the most important thing. So we were posting like every other day, we were putting so much capacity into social media. But as the movement has grown, I've realized there's so much stuff that needs to be done behind the scenes with building infrastructure, like website, meetings, all this stuff that is just as important and sometimes more important than social media. So if you have the capacity to do social media, it can be a really powerful tool. But if you don't have the capacity to do as much social media, then that is okay too. And just go for it, of course the best way to learn anything is just to throw yourself into it and know that you will probably make mistakes along the way. And we have made so many mistakes. And i that's the only way we've been able to learn and improve and get to where we are now. And finally, you are a positive force and goodness will result. And one thing that I love about CCL is that our values and our mission are so based in love and truth that, because our intention is so good, anything that we put out is really a, a positive force in the world and we can never know exactly what our impact is all the time, but just knowing you know, if you post one post and, and someone sees it and it changes their mind a little bit and maybe that person could be the next person who's leading a CCL chapter, or maybe that could be your best friend and you just never know what the impact is, but you'll know that it's good. And here are some tools that I have found helpful in creating content. If anyone is interested in diving deeper into creating content, if you'd like to take a screenshot or a photo, I'll leave it up for a couple more seconds. Okay, I want to go to the next one. Okay, and what is coming up for us? So we've ha- we've been working on an explainer video for widespread education about the carbon fee and dividend. And we think this will be a pretty game-changing uh, piece of infrastructure, because like with our signs, because there's the link to write Congress and the ideas for these signs to be everywhere across America, that it's going to link to this video and the tool to write Congress. So when it, it will be, it will ideally have this mass education effect um, that I think we really need in order to get this passed. And we'll be spotlighting different schools. So the movement started at William & Mary. So at the beginning, we were showing a lot of the effort at William & Mary, but as the movement grows, we're excited to be showing off the movement across the nation and collabs with more organizations like with Citizens Climate Lobby's National Account and Fridays for Future USA. Um, These collaborations are gonna make our account more dynamic, Uh, and yeah we're really looking forward to that and and finally I think we're going to see major growth and I think we're going to start seeing CCL come into the spotlight in the youth climate movement and as a young person I think this is so necessary we need that optimism and we need that focused effort on effective solutions and I'm really grateful to be part of helping make that happen and Lastly, this is a video that my friend Pratch made and shout out Pratch, she's also on the call right now. Oh my gosh, I love you. And she made this for our Instagram and I think it really embodies the our our movement and the power of social media. So I'll play this right now. The most effective climate policy is a carbon fee and dividend. So tell your
0: representative to support the Energy Innovation Act, and let's save the world together. together. you Incredible. All right, thank you so much for sharing your story, Emily. Um, we're all dancing during that video. That's great. <laughs> um, and congratulations on getting the word out so far and wide about our favorite climate policy. Um, now before we move on to QA, I do just want to wrap up with a few suggestions about how to put these tips into action. So first I recommend following CCL if you don't already on Instagram, Twitter, X, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Facebook and LinkedIn. Those are our most active platforms. Uh, you'll be able to see our posts, which you can share with your own network, and you can also follow Emily's page. The handle is at Carbon Fee and Dividend on Instagram. And lastly, for ongoing support, you can join CCL's social media action team. You can find that on CCL community, and we'll drop a link in the chat. Um, and you're always welcome to post questions in there about anything social media related and I or other volunteers who are active on social media will jump in to answer and to brainstorm with you. All right, and now we have a few minutes for Q&A. So please keep putting your questions into Zoom's Q&A feature and, or take a look at the questions already in there and upload the ones you want us to, um, to address and we will get to as many as we can. Um, and I think we can stop sharing now so we can see each other a little better as we start to talk through these questions. All right. So let's see the first one I'll take. Okay. This is a question from Lisa. Um, and Nick, I think you might be, uh, best positioned to talk about this. So Lisa is asking many of the national posts on Instagram, CCL's Instagram seem targeted to CCLers and not to the general public. Is that intentional or can you speak to that balance?
1: Really insightful question, Lisa. Um, that is that that is something that is um, that we've sh- tried to strike a balance with, right? So we are the account for CCL, so we definitely want to be creating content for our followers. We want to be, you know, calling out volunteers who are doing really well. We want to tell about CCL's events so that our followers are aware of these things and that they are able to come. Um, and Yet at the same time, we have noticed that there is an uptick in engagement when we make it more generally about climate activism. So we try to actually strike a pretty balanced narrative between those. Um, You know, sometimes talking about like the posts that you saw about, you know, spoiler alert, we save it in the end. That's something that can resonate with all climate activists on Earth Day, Um, and then some that are announcing that we have a conference um, and that you should come to the conference. So um, yeah, yeah, we've definitely noticed that that if we want to grow we need to target more general, general. Um, But we also like to throw plenty of shout outs and to the, to our faithful volunteers in New York.
0: Awesome. All right. So Emily, this is a question for you from Stanley. They're asking, so how many flyers do you typically put up and how do students get involved?
2: We at William & Mary put up, so many flyers last semester it was it was probably (laughs) we got feedback that maybe there would have may have even been too many flyers but I don't think there's too many flyers um but anyway we we just put them literally everywhere on all bulletin boards and on uh, bathroom stall doors and on dorm doors or people would put them on their dorm doors and so I don't know in infinite flyers as many flyers as possible Uh, and if students want to get involved then we have Organizing meetings, at we have high, the higher ed action team in CCL is where we organize at the national level, um, and so those take place on the first and third Monday of every month at eight p.m. Eastern time. And maybe I'm trying to figure out the best way we announce those on our Instagram. So I think following our Instagram at Carbon Fee and Dividend would be a good place to start. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Emily. Um, this is a question that, uh,
0: I, I can answer. So Steve in Ohio is asking, what's a good way to start? Perhaps searching for a social media guru in our chapter, and then Steve says it's not me. LOL. <laughs> so understood, heard that. Um, it's totally fine to if you know if social media is not your thing, you don't want to be the one to, to spearhead it. Um, but I would say that a, a good way to start, uh, like we sort of talked about in the presentation, is there are there are plenty of ways to just use social media as an individual, and so I would definitely start there. Like if you're not if you're not jazzed about it and you're not sure you have anyone who can really commit to running a chapter account, don't force yourself to start a chapter account right now. Like, don't worry about that. Um, I would start by with those tips for for solo users, and so start by following your member of Congress, keeping an eye on the kinds of things that they post about. If they post anything. About climate or climate adjacent, even you pile on with the praise. You say, "Thanks so much for talking about climate change. I'm I live in your district and I'm so concerned about this. I really appreciate you talking about this." Like sort of nudge them in the right direction, um, and just do that whenever you uh, whenever you find an opportunity. That's a perfect way to start, kind of get your feet wet, um, and all of that is going to help uh, move your lawmaker a little bit forward. Because as we said, there's staffers that look at those comments um, and will will take note of that. So that's a great way to start. And then as you, uh, you know, your chapter grows, as you maybe identify someone who is excited about social media, then you can talk about uh, doing a little more. All right. Um. So we have a question. Let's see. Oh, there's a couple questions. So I'll open this up to either one of you, whoever feels so led to answer. Um, A couple questions about the kind of the algorithm, which we we know is an inscrutable thing. Nobody really actually knows <laughs> how the algorithms work. They are very complicated and they are private. So no person outside of the the staff of these social media companies knows how exactly how they work. But we have a couple questions, um, saying like, you know, how do we get around the algorithm? How do we get seen more? Um, is there a relationship between like the number of followers that you have and the likes that you get and the comments and things like that? So um, do you guys just want to speak maybe to? Um, like exposure, anything that you've sort of learned or noticed as you've been posting or um, as you've been thinking about these things from your angles?
1: Definitely take this one. I've got got a few accounts that you can follow. So I have people that are a lot smarter than me that you should definitely follow. Um, So I'll drop those in as an answer to Paige's question. And I think everyone will be able to see it. And then uh, Emily has had more success in this area. So I'll let her speak from a place of wisdom.
2: I think that idea of following engaged accounts can be really powerful for uh, getting through to the algorithm. And I also don't fully understand the algorithm, but if, like, I would say the carbon fee and dividend movements engagement is pretty good because I think the people who follow us, those are people who are already active on other accounts. So I think making an effort to seek out accounts that are already really engaged is a way to um, have those accounts be engaged on your account. And then the algorithm may see, okay, this is an account that people are really engaging with uh, and that will have a positive feedback loop.
0: Totally. Yeah. Interactions do seem to be helpful. And Paige added a little more and said, it seems like what the algorithm wants is engagement. It's looking to have someone spend more time on the page. Uh, And so, yes, that's That's definitely right. Like they're, they're all optimizing to try to get us to use these products more and more and more. And so the key is to sort of figure out or try to notice what, uh, what do your followers or your friends respond well to when you share it? So it might be, you know, Paige mentions funny videos, like it might be funny videos. Maybe your, uh, your group of followers is more into like really informative articles. Maybe they like breaking news like you can try some different things and then see uh see what kind of response you get and that's it's all just kind of trial and error of what what um uh, yeah how things how people respond to things uh yeah <laughs> yes Paige has also said in the in the comments babies puppies can't go wrong <laughs> um all right we have a question from actually this might be this might be our last question we'll see so um And Nick, I think maybe this is for you. Um, This is from Aaron asking, any tips for surviving longer, more drawn out, and possibly more nitpicky conversations on places like Reddit uh, without table flipping? (laughs) What would you say there where people really do want to get into it?
1: Yeah. I mean, you just kind of have to say where you have to cut your losses. You know, some people just want to fight, and they just want to prove you wrong um and so you can interact you can interact in good faith for as long as you want to but the nice thing about social media is that you're always free to walk away you're always free to hang up you're always free to give yourself 24 to 48 hours to think through your response um and then give it from a place of you know peace and centeredness and if you can't get there i would suggest they're not worth your time right don't let them dictate how you feel it can be a really emotional thing to be attacked on social media and people get really personal um but yeah, you can absolutely walk away. Uh, I also, like, so ChatGPT is the most polite, uh, the most polite writer on the planet. They did some studies, and ChatGPT has better bad side manners than most doctors. They, it was a really funny article that came out. Um, and so if you're having a hard time, that can also get, that can also get you over writer's block. And uh, you, you can always ask it for some ideas on a case-by-case scenario.
0: Great, okay, thanks Nick. Um, and I will just very quickly here at the end answer our most our most upvoted questions. So Bob is asking if, if X or Instagram is a better platform for influencing members of Congress. Uh, and Mark is asking if anyone has gone out of the box and tagged members of Congress who are generally opposed to climate action. So I'm gonna talk about those together. Um, X or Instagram, either one is great for interacting with members of Congress, because the way the notifications work on those platforms means that if you tag an account, that account gets a notification that they were tagged. Um, so it's not as direct on many platforms, like Facebook is not as direct in that way, um, but uh, but Twitter is really uh, direct. I keep calling it Twitter. I'm going to call it Twitter probably forever. Um X is direct in that way with notifications, and so is Instagram. So either one is fine. Wherever your member of Congress is active, uh, that's a great place to engage. And as far as tagging members of Congress who maybe are are not as forward on climate, um, I wouldn't recommend tagging them. Like, don't just pester them with headlines about, you know, temperatures rising or glaciers melting or things like that. Show them the kind of stuff that they need to see about your advocacy in the district. So post a picture of your chapter meeting and say, hey, at Senator so-and-so, uh, we had 15 people here from the district who are really concerned about climate change meeting today to talk about uh, what we can do. Like, we'd love your your support for climate policy. That kind of thing, when you're showing them that there's activity in the district or in the state, um, that's really valuable. Even if they currently are not where we would love to see them be on climate policy, that's the kind of stuff that's going to move them forward.
2: Thank you for listening to this episode of Citizens Climate Lobby's training program. You can tune into more episodes anywhere podcasts are available. Inspired by what you heard today? Join Citizens Climate Lobby to advocate for bipartisan climate solutions. Go to community.citizensclimate.org to find more trainings, resources, your local chapter, national action teams, discussion forums, and more. Be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Citizens Climate. We also invite all of our listeners to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more inspiration. Like what you hear? Recommend us to your friends and make sure to give us a five-star rating. It helps us show up on other listeners' feeds. Feel free to pass on any suggestions for future episodes in the comments as well. And together, we are creating the political will for a livable world.